one in black family. Sadat here. My auntie just had a order come in from Kroger's and I had to, they bring it to the porch, but I had to bring it from the porch into the house and kind of got a little winded. I got them all in without even breaking the eggs. The guy delivering said that he made sure that the eggs weren't broken. I had to check them myself and came out all right. Um, I'm not going to be doing a lot of daily recordings on either of these uh, Spotify channels. Juanita is on myself. I'm, I'm still going to be adding content, but especially the rants in the black because they do help lower my blood pressure. And I don't get those funny headaches where I taste metal. Haven't had one of those and shit. Since we sent Juanita home, they've subsided to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, sensitive to light where the light hurts my eyes and it exaggerates this headache. The doctor thinks it's migraines. No, it wasn't migraines. That was stress. Losing your soul, mate. Waking up with her that day. Giving her a hug and kisses. I always do. And that was our last conversation. Well, I, I'm going to be spending more time posting my links to Paraphernalia Palace and maybe even talking to a few of these dispensaries that would allow me to drop my QR code for the store. All they can say is no, right? Smoke this blunt. Hold on a second. I don't know why people sleeping on these jet lighters. They definitely get the job done. So I added them to the store, but I guess nobody knows I got them yet. And the ones I got, you can see the butane in it. So you can see when the motherfucker's low or not. I'm sorry for cussing them. I'm gonna start uh not cussing so much, you know. I can get my point across without unless you know I'm really trying to make a statement. They used to, you know, just call Mickey Ficky. But we went back to the regular MF. -er. I'm go back to Mickey Ficky. You know, cause I know I have kids listening to some of these streams. Their parents have emailed me. You know, asking if I, if I can let them know when it's going to be a, a raw, raw, you know, rant in the black or what. I haven't really gotten down and dirty with my rants in the blacks in quite some time ever since Juanita had mentioned that I make myself too upset. 
the veins be bulging in my forehead and stuff like that. I didn't want that, you know, to cause another stroke, a worse one. Though every day I'm sitting, just sitting, waiting for that next major one. Because I know it's coming. My queen said that I wouldn't have to die alone. I started to feel good about life. I had somebody in my corner, vice versa. Can't replicate it and I'm not going to try. The best advice that I've been given is remember those good times. Because we had more good times than bad times. Much more good times than bad times. I had somebody on, I don't know which one of the channels asked me a question. Or why I don't show my face. Because I don't want to. And I'm not photogenic, so why the fuck should I even Turn the camera on. I want you to hear what I'm saying, not what you see. Some people, like me, learn better when there's not sight and there's just sound. But you got a lot of stupid motherfuckers, ADHD, that can't comprehend a simple voice recording without seeing pictures or some shit. You're the type of motherfuckers that'll buy a magazine and not read one article in it and they only watch, they'll look at the pictures. What? Hold on a second. What? What? She wasn't calling me up. Get back in here. Hey, come here, baby. It's not time to eat yet. She says she'll call y'all when she's ready to feed y'all. That's not until a little bit. So y'all can lay back down. Auntie just told me they brought me the hazelnut cream for my coffee. I think I'm gonna have me a nice cup of coffee. I just started drinking it. Just started back drinking it in October. And I hadn't had a cup of coffee since she gave me my cup of coffee that morning, July 3rd. So who's this calling? Herbology. It's a $20 minimum 25 mile radius. Oh, it's landing delivery. Order tracking. 
We got the dragonfly carts. And we get nine grams, nine of those gram cartridges for $50. Wow. Best in a couple of those, madame. So, select flowers $60 for one. Uh, stay away from the damn $60 ounce here. Because, man, that, that just it ain't popping. It ain't popping. You definitely stay away from them $25 ounce and shit, man. You ain't getting nothing but sugar leaf stems and shit like that. Shit so fucking microfiber it look like it's grinded down to powder. Stay away from that shit. This is a, the newest of the collection of dispensaries around here. And this one has a black bud tender, so that's something that Herbal Solutions doesn't have. They used to have it, but they got rid of that brother. He wasn't fully black anyway. He was a half-breed. But well, he was cool as hell. Especially he got to know him and stuff. At first he probably thought that we were just hating on him because he worked there. We didn't. But no, I don't speak to anybody unless I'm spoken to first. You know, I've tried to assimilate in this society and I'm never going to be accepted simply for who and what I am. That's quite all right. A nice, nice one. Roll this. I got one more to go. Uh, let's see what my sugar is. Since I got this new uh, Dexcon meter, so I don't have to stick my fingers every time. I'm starting to feel the tips of my fingers. I haven't felt those in a long time. All right, so right now, my sugar is. 115. That's good. So the time and range, I'm 75% in the good. And I only got real low. I got like down to 67 where it told me to hurry up and drink something. Like some orange juice. I couldn't find no orange juice. Had to go and get me a Jolly Rancher. And, uh, uh, just read it. 4%, I was very high. 16% high. 75% in range. 4% low, 1% very low. I think my doctor will be, uh, he'll be satisfied. And I got to call him this morning because his, uh, his receptionist is, starting to show her bitchiness to me and uh i don't, I don't want to have to cuss this chick out but i will chick said that she was gonna call me back with my test results and shit, but she didn't so if i sense a damn attitude on the phone like i sense other time other time and she hangs up before i can say goodbye or thank you and goodbye I'm just going to show my fucking ass. And worst case scenario, 
I just stopped going to the doctor altogether. Professor Black Truth should be on by now. Let's see what's going on. He always drops a new moment of truth. Gun found in pizza box during traffic stop. Hold on. It's not a pizza topping that was listed on the menu. Deputies say they found a gun inside the pizza box during a traffic stop in Kern County, California. They also say they found drug paraphernalia, a sawed-off shotgun, and a second loaded gun. All four people in the car were arrested. It's not a pizza topping. That's wild original but you know how greedy them cops were they were gonna take that motherfucking pizza if they had stuff on that they like all y'all went to jail that's why i keep my social circle so small it's it's almost a dot and i like it i was looking for uh he had a new one but should not give me his notifications you can't put it past YouTube they do some real low down shit well, let me check my other phone well if I find it I'll come back with the new new stream be safe out there black family Queen. 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 Queen.
If you haven't done so already, be sure to click that notification bell and click the word all so that you're notified each time the guidance goes live. All right, also don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Underscore Asia Corn, TikTok at Dr. Asia Corn, Twitter, D Guidance 27. And always, as usual, if you don't like what the queen is cooking, you can kindly exit stage left. No need to make an announcement. Okay, you can just leave. All right, so hello, Claudette. Lana Ellis in the house. I love the tea. Christy Love. All right, or Christy One Love, Terry Hidden. All right, Eileen, I see you. Stacy, Nas, y'all just been. Vince, I am from the UK. Uh, Sandra is here, my aunt Egypt. Okay, so let's get into it. Joe Gardner, I see your internet goulash. King Alexander, Buckhorse, DC. All right. Above all that drama, Christine, Jeff ATL, Darius, Renz G. Okay, Danielle, I see you, Courtney J. Born King is here, Capricorn. Shout out to everyone in the chat, everyone tuning into the Queen. Let's get this party started. I apologize once again for being late, beloveds. Okay? I apologize for being late. But uh, I was gathering more receipts at the last minute. But also, let me say this. For those of you who follow the spiritual channel, and I said I was going to post something yesterday, well, I tried to post something, but unfortunately, I couldn't post it until this morning. So it will premiere at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. But I couldn't post it last night because when I posted it, a screw tube was clearly pressed and hated as usual, and they blocked it. They blocked the video so you all wouldn't have been able to see it. So I had to get in the chat with them and all this, that, and third. And then I had to just edit it because they were upset because I had some visuals from the movie Creed, but I didn't use the audio. And I've seen numerous of people on YouTube using Creed with the audio. So I'm just telling you how it is. They always hate on the queen, all right? Because I thought that you could use a certain copyright material as well as you alter it in some way. That's what I thought the rules were. But anyway, I digress. All right, hey, Gregory. Okay, so let's go ahead and get, us, get into it. First things first, let's talk about this nefarious father named Otis Anderson who killed his son. He says his son popped off, and that's why he did it. Please pay attention. This is all nefarious. So here's what it says. Former Florida football star's dad pleads guilty to killing his son because he popped off, leaving blood in every single room. And so a 54-year-old father in Florida will spend more than a dozen years behind bars. A dozen? He should have life. That's his life. But anyway, he says he'll spend more than a dozen years behind bars after admitting to killing his own son, fatally shooting the former college football star in the chest of their, uh, at their home uh, following an argument in November of 2021. Otis Anderson to have no son. on Tuesday formally pleaded guilty to one lesser charge of armed manslaughter in the slate of his 23-year-old son, Otis Anderson Jr. This is also sad. We are hearing more and more stories, and I just want you to pay attention, of parents killing their children. What's really going on here? Now, Anderson also pleaded guilty to one count of attempted armed manslaughter for using a firearm to shoot and injure his wife during the altercation. So the wife saw this. Can you imagine your own child being killed in front of you by the other parent? This is also sad. Judge Morello sentenced him to three years on that charge, with a sentence with the sentence running concurrently 
meeting at the same time as the manslaughter sentence. Now, Anderson reached a deal with prosecutors in the state attorney's office in which he agreed to plead to manslaughter in exchange for charges of second-degree murder and attempted second-degree murder being dropped. Anderson's son played running back at the University of Central Florida, uh, where he rushed 2,182 yards and 17 touchdowns, along with 91 receptions for another 1,025 yards and nine touchdowns from 2017 until 2020. Anderson Jr. was briefly picked by the Los Angeles Rams in 2021 and played for the practice squad during training camp before he was cut from the team. Several members of Anderson Jr.'s family attended the proceeding on Tuesday, but declined to address the court. They say the emotions haven't changed today. They've been high, and you can imagine this entire ordeal. And Ms. Mrs. Anderson, she's happy that this part of the process is over, according to her attorney, Stephen Kelly. Okay, uh, he says, I think that Ms. Anderson reliving moments and things of that sort would not be in the best interest of her or her family moving forward with the grieving process. And according to an affidavit of probable, probable cause obtained by law and crime, Anderson Jr.'s mother told police that the fight between or the fight began when a dog belonging to the younger man's girlfriend bit Anderson Sr. drawing blood. The two then got into a verbal altercation and she heard a pound sound, followed by her son saying, you shot me. When the mother confronted her husband and started hitting him with a swiffer mop, Anderson Singer turned around and shot her twice. This is all crazy. Now, he tried to take his wife out, too, all over a dog fight. I just want you all to pay attention to the embarrassment of it all. So, and then uh, they say, she says, I said, are you effing serious? So I had that Swiffer jet mop and I started hitting him with it. And then he turned around and he shot me. That's what Anderson Jr.'s mom can be heard saying on the body camera footage. In subsequent interviews with police, Anderson Singer claimed it was very out of character for his son to get physical with him, saying that he believed his son was depressed due to recent re a recent release from the Los Angeles Rams. The said, I can't recall the exact words to be honest with you. It just happened so fast. This is what he told police uh, in footage that was released last year. He says, I call it about bowing up. I mean, he got aggressive. He popped off and I'm like, hey, boy, you don't hurt me. You don't do that. So you just kill him. That's what you do. Now, in police camera footage from the immediate aftermath of the shooting, a deputy can be heard emphatically declaring that there was blood in every single room of the Anderson home. The footage also appeared to show trails of blood leading out of the house and covering the sidewalk in the direction of the neighbor's house, where Anderson Jr. and his mother sought help after the attack. That was a big old blood spatter right there. This is what the deputy said. Uh, this guy lost a lot of blood. This is very sad. Tragic indeed. This is what he did to his own son and his wife. I don't know what is wrong with people. 
Yes, Claudia, it absolutely is so sad. And you know what? It's just really crazy to me that he's only going to get 12 years. But of course, he was able to plead to lesser charges. Uh, he shouldn't have been given that option, as far as I'm concerned. Halliburton says, I bet they sold that young man over. Nasha Israel said, I truly believe the venom. You know, there are demons walking amongst us. And sadly, some of those demons also took the venom. Yes. Okay. But first, DC said, shout out to Alaska. Okay, beloved. Hey, Aboriginal woman. So moving right along. Now let's talk about this nefarious former ex or this ex-CIA officer who's accused of drugging and S-abusing women for years around the world. Around the world. And he pleads guilty. Ryan Jeffrey Raymond, let me put his picture up here on the screen. This is awesome. A CIA agent. This is what they're I want you to pay attention. Because the ones that should be upholding the law are working at least in an honest capacity, are doing such nefarious things these days. I'm sure they've always been doing it, but we're just now hearing about some of these things. Please pay attention. Ex-CIA officer Ryan Raymond has pleaded guilty to several charges after being accused of uh, sexually assaulting, drugging, and photographing at least 28 women over the course of 14 years as his victims were unconscious in his clutches as he traveled the globe working for the U.S. government. Raymond, age 47, of La Mesa, California, was most recently working at the American Embassy in Mexico City before he was arrested in October 2020. Now, according to court records obtained by the media, an, an investigation into Raymond began that year when Mexico City police responded to reports of a naked, hysterical woman desperately screaming and pleading for help from the balcony of Raymond's embassy issued apartment. Prosecutors said that the woman told authorities she went to his apartment after they met on Tinder. And he seemed trustworthy, spoke fluent Spanish, and was very inviting, offering her chocolate, fruit, and wine. But after, but after going in uh, into his apartment, she abruptly blacked out. Now she awoke, and prosecutors said that she was naked, and Raymond was on top of her and assaulting her. Later, she would notice injuries to her private areas and lacerations to her backside according to a statement of offense uh, from the introduction of a hard blunt object. According to a statement of, of, the, of the offense. Okay, and they say this was from a hard blunt object that he put put there. Okay, he put this up her private. Also said, now as a neighbor alerted authorities to the woman on the balcony, the investigation into Raymond's conduct turned up several other alleged victims who were assaulted in a near identical fashion, according to prosecutors. Uh, photographs and text messages reviewed by police on Raymond's devices showed him hand-opening a woman's eyes as she lay naked and passed out in his hand. So he's recording himself doing this foolishness. This is a so sick. First of all, if you work for the CIA, you should have, have all of the knowledge and wherewithal to, uh, to know what types of evidence the police look for, how they go through the post computers and all these things, even if you delete certain files, they can still pull them back up. So you can tell me this idiot had this stuff on his cell phone, no less. Well, I'm glad he did because he got caught because of it. But anyway, those are the same. He was hand opening one woman's eyes as she lay naked past 
close-ups of the woman's genitals, breasts, and buttocks for his posters. And in several instances, he would play with her mouths or photograph himself cuddling a victim while manipulating her unconscious body. What kind of sick freak is this? What kind of sick and demented freak is this? One of his victims had vomited after Raymond administered drugs to her to knock her out. And she could be seen struggling to breathe as the assault continued. He didn't even care. This woman was vomiting and he still continued in his assault. In text messages, Raymond sent to one of his uh, that Raymond sent to one of his friends, a person who ended up being a witness in the investigation, according to court records. Uh, the now former CIA officer was routinely callous and calculated. He would categorize his victims by their names, race, age, features, and characteristics. Prosecutors described him as an experienced sexual predator uh, who would later attempt to delete his communications after he became aware an investigation into his conduct was ongoing. Oh, so now you want to delete? Okay. okay. Raymond was arrested in 2020 in a gym parking lot in San Diego and has been detained in jail in Washington, D.C. ever since. Now, this arrest was not in connection to the woman in Mexico that was reportedly on his balcony in October 2020. Uh, rather, it was connected to evidence police obtained after his photo uh, photographing an unconscious woman that he brought back to his home in Virginia three years prior to that incident. A superseding indictment was filed against Raymond in February, and that indictment a litany of other alleged victims were identified by prosecutors. And according to the Associated Press, the former CIA officer withdrew a guilty plea last year after a judge ruled in his favor, finding that communications recovered from his device were improperly acquired uh, by police who compelled Raymond to provide his password. But the police do this all the time. So because he's a CIA agent, I just want you to pay attention that the judge just let that slide and said, oh, it was illegally obtained. Well, the police illegally obtained evidence all the time, specifically on people who look like we, but I digress. Authorities said they found upwards of 400 photos and videos of his, of his victims on his iCloud account, plus a battery of texts and emails and disturbing browser searches. Now, in one of the searches, prosecutors said Raymond looked up phrases like ambient, alcohol, and pass out, or vodka and value. Prosecutors say he even emailed a pharmacist at one point and asked if they had the powerful sedative uh, floral hydrates. It was for insomnia, he wrote. As part of the plea agreement uh, entered Tuesday, Raymond admitted guilt to four of 25 criminal charges brought against him. He pleaded guilty to a single count of sexual abuse, abuse of sexual contact, coercion, and transportation of obscene materials. Prosecutors say that he raped at least six women, okay, in Mexico alone, just in Mexico, okay? But he was doing this all over the globe, they say. And so and this is what the prosecutors said. And they said, but in exchange for his guilty plea, prosecutors dropped the other 21 charges. Uh, when he faces sentencing in Washington, D.C. in September 2024, Prosecutors have asked the judge to give him 24 to 30 years in prison with lifetime supervision requirements. Uh, the crimes Raymond admitted to took place in Mexico and at least one other nation left unidentified in court papers. Other court re records, however, indicate Raymond also moved in Peru, oh, I'm sorry, worked in Peru and was fluent in Mandarin. 
of the plea agreement came just before Raymond was expected to go on trial in November and face at least 14 victims. But he definitely didn't want to do that. He definitely did not want to face all of those victims uh, exposed to what he had done. It's all so sick. What do you all have to say about this? Because I find it absolutely deplorable. Sick this is actually non nefarious Queen Sam said, nasty, dirty dog. <laughs> Not don't drop the soap, okay? Claudette well, said, throw away the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just being said, it's a body in the trunk. All right? Now let's continue because here's the thing. Uh, there was some man, there was some man who was arrested. Come on, let me pull this up. Uh, some man was arrested um, for being armed at and near the Capitol. A man from Atlanta. Let me pull that up real quick. Lights up, everyone. Here we go. This is crazy. These stories get more and more strange every day. So listen to this. Atlanta man arrested with gun near U.S. Capitol faces numerous charges. And he would be one of us. No. Share my screen so you all can see this. Like stuff, everyone, please like and share in advance. Acts now for $300 off any plan, plus a year of elite benefits and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 1-855-723-8226 now. Here in Washington, there was a security alert on Capitol Hill today when a man carrying a semi-automatic rifle was arrested by police in a park near the Senate office building. Hit the latest from CBS's Nicole Gilliam on Capitol Hill. A tent scene near the U.S. Capitol as police took down a 21-year-old man who was carrying a semi-automatic weapon. He was holding the gun down as he walked. Um, they ordered him to stop. He did not. One officer tasered him in the back. He fell forward on his gun. The suspect was identified as Amir Levon Morrell of Atlanta, Georgia. A law enforcement source tells CBS News the gun seized was a modified AR-15 rifle. Police did not say why he came to the Capitol, but he may have suffered from mental health issues. That they found uh, this person, but we're keeping a constant vigilance on security. Authorities say there was no threat to the congressional community, but the incident follows another one this week where U.S. Capitol Police confiscated a pair of Glock handguns after two suspects crashed a stolen vehicle into a barricade. I'm very concerned about the, the, the heightened threats against members. Um, this is something we're continuously dealing with. The investigation is still ongoing. Police are trying to figure out how Morell may have gotten the gun. He faces a warrant and several charges tonight, including an unregistered firearm. Nora. Nicole Kelly on the health. Well, the man clearly has mental health issues. But I'm sure they won't give him any, you know, sympathy for that of being an issue. Anyway, let's talk about this woman uh, by the name of Marcy Oglesby. 
Marcy Oglesby is an Illinois woman who is charged with killing a police officer. Murder charges reinstated against the woman who allegedly killed longtime police chief with a copious amount of eye drops and then hid his body in the storage unit. It all makes sense. Let me put her picture on the screen. These people are so terrible. Sorry, wrong picture. Hold on, here we go. That's her. Marcy Oglesby, age 51. I want to tell you all, some of these people look old as I don't know what for their ages. <laughs> this woman's 51 years old. I'm sorry, say what now? Well, let me continue. Uh, Mary Oglesby was arrested in October 2022 after the body of Richard Rick Young, a former Macon County, uh, Macon Police Department chief was found in the unit she was renting at Robert's Self Storage, and uh, a which is in Maquan, a tiny village roughly an hour south of the so-called Quad Cities in Illinois and Iowa, uh, which make up the metropolitan area. So on Tuesday, the 4th District Appellate Court reinstated the murder charge in an 18-page order. Now at the time of her arrest, the Knox County State's Attorney Office uh, only filed charges of concealment of a non-homicidal death. Later in February of this year, additional charges of murder in first degree, attempted murder, and aggravated battery were filed against him. Now, in March, Oglesby's defense attorney filed a motion to dismiss the additional more severe charges under the state's speed trial law. The land of Lincoln's version of speedy trial rights mandates that crimes based on the same act must generally be charged together. Additionally, a person must be tried for the crimes emanating from that same act within 120 days of being arrested. Now, Oversley was arrested on the concealment charge on October the 11th of 2022, and additional charges were filed on February the 6th of this year. The defense counsel argued that her, that her trial uh, had begun, argued her trial had to begin no later than February. During a motions hearing, the, the state argued that they did not at first believe they had sufficient evidence to secure a conviction. Now, an investigator who worked on the case and testified for the defense said that a third person who lived in the house with the victim and the defendant, Karen Nomad, had made several admissions about Young's death. According to Knox County Sheriff's Office, Detective Gregory Jennings, Nomad was initially deceptive about the body in the storage unit. Uh, eventually, Dalbeck said Oglesby had poisoned Young's food and beverages with eye drops and some crushed medicine over the course of the past year. Prior to interviewing Dalbeck, Jennings was unaware that someone could be poisoned by eye drops. Did you all know that? Hell no. Did you all know that? How many of you knew that someone could be absolutely poisoned by eye drops. Any of you all know that? Yeah. Some people go out to clubs and put eye drops, visine specifically, put that in people's drinks to make them pass out. Not enough to kill them, but enough to make them pass out. This is all the very, make sure you're watching your drinks when you're out anywhere. Hey, don't leave it down to go back. Uh, but anyway, I digress. So they go on to say that 
prior to interviewing Dumbass, Jennings was unaware someone could be poisoned by eye drops. Now, Jennings testified he attended the preliminary autopsy on October the 10th of 2022, which provided no conclusions as the as to the cause of death and found no anti-mortem fractures. Now, Oglesby, on the other hand, allegedly claimed that Young died after a bout with stupid 19. Uh, she later allegedly admitted to keeping Young's body in the storage unit because she said his last wish was to be buried in an Indian burial mound. And she did not know how to accommodate that request. Uh, please sit down somewhere, lady. So he wanted to be buried in an Indian mound. And she didn't know how to do it. Law enforcement found a copious amount of discarded eyedrop bottles, a pill crusher packaging, uh, a pill crusher packaging for the pill crusher, and a receipt that showed the purchase of some eyedrops from a Dollar General in Elmwood, Illinois. Bitch is stupid. Taking all of the testimony into consideration, Knox County Judge Andrew Doyle dropped the later charges against the defendant, finding that the state did not have sufficient evidence to give them a, a reasonable chance to secure a conviction and that they arose from the same act, therefore mandating compulsory joinder. Doyle also found that Oglesby had actually been placed in custody on October the 7th of 2022 when police took her to the hospital before her formal arrest and that the newer charges were filed well after 120 day timeline because the charges should have been all filed at the same time. So therefore, the later charges were dismissed. Now, the state's attorney subsequently appealed this decision, of course, and in reinstating the more serious charges against the Oglesby, the appeals court agreed with the trial judge that sufficient facts for conviction uh, were known to the proper were known to the proper prosecuting officer uh, for purposes of the compulsory joinder rule. And the appeals court noted this knowledge was present well in advance of the 120-day timeline. On the other hand, the appeals court issued with the trial uh, with the trial judge's determination uh, that hiding the body and allegedly committing a murder in the first place was based on the same act. Now, the appellate judges offered the example of running a stop sign while traveling over the speed limit, saying that an initial speeding violation that later has a stop sign violation tacked onto it would activate the compulsory joiner rule. So. So, um, oppositely, the court drew a comparison to a person speeding, running multiple red lights, and driving on the wrong side of the road, committing multiple crimes that would not activate the rule. Prosecution for concealing a death is prosecution uh, for concealing a death is restricted to situations where the body itself is hit, uh, such as performing some act other than merely withholding knowledge or failing to disclose information in order to prevent or delay the discovery of a death by non-homicidal means. Uh, this is what the order reads. And they say this is substantively different from the crimes of attempt, first-degree murder, first-degree murder, uh, first-degree murder, I don't know why they have that twice, and aggravated battery charges, uh, which require the administration of a poisonous or controlled substance, physical harm, death, and substantial steps toward the commission of the offense. State's office, or the state's attorney's office, held a ruling uh, in a press release saying that as a result, the Knox County State's Attorney's Office may proceed in its prosecution of Oglesby for allegedly committing these offenses. And so that's what Knox County State's Attorney Jeremy Carlin said. They were trying to get her out of this murder charge. They were absolutely trying their best, but she's going down for the county. 
She's absolutely going down for the count. This is all so sorry. After poison, people with eye drops. <coughs> uh, so, meanwhile, Rand Paul, hold on, before I get to that, let's talk about what's going on down in Mississippi. Because the Justice Department has opened a civil rights probe into the Lexington Police Department in Mississippi. So let's talk about it. They say the U.S. Department of Justice announced Wednesday that it has opened a civil rights investigation into the city of Lexington, Mississippi. And that the Lexington Police Department, following multiple allegations of conduct, is now being probed. Now, according to officials, the investigation... Sorry, pop-ups. According to officials, the investigation is determining whether the city of Lexington and its police department engaged in a pattern or practice of conduct that violates the Constitution and federal law. The investigation will also assess whether the police department's use of force and its stops, searches, and arrests were reasonable and also non-discriminatory. Well, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were not. They were absolutely discriminatory and biased. That's just my guess. And so they go on to say, Assistant U.S. Attorney General Kristen Clark of the Justice Department Civil Rights Division said the Justice Department is committed to protecting the constitutional rights of all Americans. They say no city, no town, and no law enforcement agency is too big or too small to evade our enforcement of the constitutional rights every American enjoys. This is what Clark said during the U.S. Department of Justice Wednesday news conference. This all sounds like a load of BS because funny how they want to say all this, but they never do that when it comes to us, okay? That's what they don't do. When the police are out here killing black folk in the streets, they just don't say such things. Now, additionally, the investigation will examine the policies, systems of accountability, training and supervision and collection practices for fines and fees from the police, the city's police department. Uh, Clark said no single matter promoted the investigation, but said there were significant justifications to open the case against the Mexican police department. Well, you know, like I said, in most of these cases, in most of these cases, they don't care. They don't try to go in for a uh, violation of constitutional rights. They violate black people's constitutional rights every day on the record. Okay, that's what they absolutely do. So we'll see how this all pans out because I'm not expecting much. But I'm going to go to the news report. And they also say, according to officials, an example of justification for such an investigation includes allegations that officers use illegal roadblocks targeted at black drivers and retaliating against people, exercising their right to question police action or report police activity. You know, they do this all the time every day, twice on Sunday. Okay, this is what the police do not just in Mississippi, but all over this country. And seldom anything is ever done about it. Like I said, I'm not expecting much to come from this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna share my screen so you all can see this. Likes up, everyone, please like and share. Thank you in advance. The Justice Department's opening a civil rights investigation into the city of Lexington, Holmes County, and the city's police department. The announcement was made at the then Cochran United States Courthouse in Jackson today. Officials say this investigation will determine any behavior in Lexington violates the Constitution and federal law. 
members of the Lexington community have alleged several instances of these types of mispractices and have said those instances have affected their lives. The Justice Department says police misconduct will not be tolerated in any town. No city, no town, no law enforcement agency is too big or too small to evade our enforcement of the constitutional rights every American enjoys. Small and mid-sized police departments cannot and must not be allowed to violate people's civil rights with impunity. Clark says they will meet with members of the Lexington community to hear about their experiences with the Lexington Police Department. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they would simply just get rid of qualified immunity from mm -hmm. all police departments throughout the country, they wouldn't have to conduct these probes because I guarantee the police would stop all these nefariousness that they did if they were not giving the cover and the protection of this qualified immunity. Okay, that's what would that's what they wouldn't have to do. They wouldn't have to do all these probes and things. Now they say allegations of using excessive force and making false statements. So in 2022, five black Mississippians filed a federal lawsuit requesting a restraining order against the Lexington Police Department to prevent officers from infringing upon citizens' constitutional rights, according to a copy of the lawsuit. Now, they say the lawsuit filed by civil, civil rights law firm Julian is intended to stop law enforcement in Lexington from threatening, coercing, harassing, assaulting, or interfering with the city's largely black population. The suit claims that the department has a pattern and a practice of using excessive force, making false arrests, and retaliating against officers who report misconduct. In July of 2022, Police Chief Sam Dobbins was fired by the city's Board of Aldermen after he boasted in a conversation with a former officer that was secretly recorded. And he boasted about, a sh about shooting a black man more than a hundred times. Why would you ever need to shoot anyone that many times? And he's, this is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Shot someone a hundred times. Now the suit named Dobbins and interim chief Charles Henderson, uh, Jill Collins Jefferson, the president of Julian, a civil rights nonprofit organization, led the lawsuit. I'm sorry, they don't have any periods, commas, or anything. Let me reread that. The suit named Dobbins and interim chief Charles Henderson. Okay, now this is a separate suit. About a hundred. These typos are amazing. So Jill Collins Jefferson, the president of Julian. A civil rights nonprofit organization led the lawsuit. Now, they say in a telephone interview with the Clarion Ledger, which is part of the USA Today Network, Jefferson said that she's looking forward to seeing the Justice Department's findings in this investigation. Well, I am too. I can't wait to see how this is all going to pan out. Okay? She thanks Clark and the Civil Rights Division for listening to the Lexington community, who she believes possess a courage and bravery to speak out, saying that people lost their jobs over this. People were jailed for no reason, and people were beaten. This has been a crisis. Okay, this is what Jefferson said, adding that she wants to remind Lexington residents that they're being heard and that she will continue to fight alongside them. Now, the announcement marks the inevitable pattern or practice probe into law enforcement misconduct opened by the Justice Department since President Joe Biden took office in 2021, including police departments in Phoenix and New York City. Now, the Department of Justice said that it will continue to conduct outreach to community groups and members of the public 
to learn about their experiences with lessons and police as part of the investigation. They say police officers are trusted with the important duty to keep our community safe. When police officers fail to respect constitutional rights, they violate that trust. This is what U.S. Attorney Todd W.B. from the Southern District of Mississippi said in the news release, saying that our office is committed to ensure that everyone in Mississippi is treated fairly and lawfully by the police. Justice Department said Mexican officials have pledged their cooperation with this. Please miss me with all of I believe it when I see it. I will believe it when I see it. As much nefariousness as goes on down there in Mississippi, black folk come up bitch, they call it suicide, uh, call it self-inflicted. Uh, but anyway, like I said, I'm going to keep watching this story and see how it unfolds because I don't think much is going to be done down there in Mississippi. I really don't. They can say what they want, but I'll have to see it to believe. Anyway. Now let's talk about these funeral homeowners who allegedly harbored at least 189 dead bodies and then gave the families fake ashes. Oh yeah, that's what they did. They gave the family fake ashes. You know, at the end of the day, you don't know what they're giving you when you have someone cremated. Because they have said uh, in another story that came out a few years ago that the people were given like uh, whatever it was. It wasn't ashes. Okay, I forget what it was, but it was just like all kinds of stuff mixed in around. It's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Let me put their pictures up on the screen, though. Just after doing all sorts of comparisons. Please pay attention. Here we go. Lights up, everyone. Please don't forget to like and share. Thank you in advance. There they go, right there. And so here's what they have done John and Harry Halford, they ran the Return to Nature funeral home. And so authorities arrested these two after they were accused of improperly storing at least 189 dead bodies and even giving a number of families fake ashes. Damn. John Holliford, age 43, and Carrie Holliford, 46, are the Muskogee County or in the Muskogee County Jail in Oklahoma, awaiting extradition to El Paso County, Colorado. Prosecutors in the Centennial State announced charges on Wednesday of abuse of a corpse, theft, money laundering, and forgery. This debacle emerged in early October when locals in Penrose, Colorado, noted an awful smell emerging from the property linked to the Holliford Old Funeral Home. Return to nature. Now, according to a related lawsuit, John Holford tried to pass it off, uh, the stench that is. Now, he tried to pass it off as a result of this taxidermy hobby. Isn't that what Jeffrey Dahmer did? I just want you all to pay attention. That's what Jeffrey Dahmer did. That's what he said. But anyway, let me continue. However, the Colorado Bureau of Investigation claims to have found at least 189 bodies in the facility. Now, authorities were not too sure. They warned the number could be, uh, they warned that the number could change as the investigation and process of identifying the victims continued. Some families stepped forward to claim that they had paid with, uh, had paid return to nature to cremate their loved ones, and instead the company allegedly gave them fake ashes. The aforementioned lawsuit filed by Richard Law on behalf of his dead father, Roger, alleges that the owners gave loved ones counterfeit ashes and falsified death certificates. Counterfeit answers, this is also awesome. saying that they knew what they were doing and it was disgusting, but they kept on doing it anyway. This is what plaintiff attorney Andrew uh, Andrew Swan said. 
other loved ones who stepped forward have also cast skepticism on the so-called ashes they received. Four families who've spoken to the Associated Press said the material seemed like dry concrete. One of the relatives, Tanya Wilson, told the news media about doing side-by-side -side testing and which she mixed water separately with quickcrete and the so-called ashes that supposedly belonged to her mother, Dawn Anderson. She says the reaction, it looked like very, very similar, the consistency and everything. And then when it dried, it dried into little tiny rocks, very, very similar. It gave me confirmation that I believe it's concrete. Now, it's worth mentioning that the Hallfords cash woes invited the money. The Hallfords uh, have cash woes invited the money related charges. They said the couple owes more than $21,000 to Wilbur Funeral Services, according to another lawsuit uh, that was uncovered. Now, Kitty and Company, a real estate agency, sued the Hallfords, saying the couple owed more than $97,000 for rent, damages, and other charges. Uh, Carrie Hallford also had thousands of dollars in debt with the state's Department of Revenue. Uh, I'll tell you the truth, this is something else. Halle Berry said they sold those people. At the end of the day, I just want to know why. Why did they just do what they were paid to do? Like this stuff, so things like this just make no sense to me. What is the point? And then you're going to keep those dead bodies just leaping around? This is all ridiculous. All ridiculous. But anyway. Now let's talk about, hold on, is this going to pull up? Here it is. Okay, now let's talk about Rand Paul. Rand Paul going in on Dr. Fraudji. As per usual, they say he wants to take Fraudji down. Fraudji down. But I think that's a little too late. I mean, he's already done everything that he wanted to do. And he's already put out the stupid 19 venom and, you know, tricked people into taking it as far as I'm concerned. So they say Senator Rand Paul is aiming to take down Dr. Anthony Fauci or have a few or have a new law passed to regulate gain of function research. The Republican from Kentucky appeared on the Will Pay podcast this week and spoke about how Fauci, uh, Fauci uh, the former chief White House medical advisor, allegedly committed crimes related to the 2019 pandemic. Now he says, this is what Rand Paul says. He says he lied to Congress. That's a felony. Yeah, that's right. He did lie to Congress. You all remember I showed you the receipts. He lied about doing gain-of-function research. Then he also changed <coughs> the name, or the, uh, they changed the name, yeah, or the that. definition of venom, too. Please pay attention. These people are so nervous. So he goes on to say, he lied, not because I say so, but because his private email contradicted public statements. To me, culpability is important. This is Rand Paul speaking. Uh, but I don't have control. I can't prosecute. But the other thing I want to happen have happened is I don't want this type of research that we're paying for through our tax dollars to be circumscribed, uh, to be regulated, uh, to have a real committee of scientists looking into what is 
looking at what is worthwhile and what is not worthwhile. So I'm not giving up on this till we either get culpability and or a new law that says we can't do this research without more oversight. Now, Newsweek reached out to Paul's office uh, via, via email for comments and then attempts to contact Dr. Fauci or Fauci, if I call it, or were unsuccessful. They tried to contact him via email. Paul continues to attack Fauci over issues related to the pandemic and the pandemic. In July, Paul announced a criminal referral from Fauci, saying that the former National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director lied about the origins of super 19 and gain of functional research at a lab in Wuhan, China. Responding to a post on X, formerly known as Twitter, which showed a private email Fauci sent discussing the suspicion that gain of functional research was being used at a Wuhan lab. He goes on to say, this directly contradicts everything he said in committee in the committee hearing to me, denying absolutely that he funded any gain of function and it's absolutely a lie. That's why I sent an official criminal referral to the DOJ, Department of Justice. Now in a newsweek, in a newsweek open uh in a new new I'm sorry, in a newsweek article published in 2021. Paul said that gain-of-function research essentially means juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses in a lab to make them more infectious among people. Last month, Paul said during an interview with Fox Business, he said, we now have emails that show that Fauci saying that he knows it was gain-of-function and that the virus looked manipulated and that he was worried that this came from the Wuhan lab. This is all in his emails. This is a bombshell revelation. And this will eventually bring down Anthony Fauci. The Republican-led House Select Subcommittee on the Super 19 pandemic has also taken aim at Fauci. I want you all to pay attention. This is all very interesting. So now everybody's taking aim at Fauci. I'm not talking about Rand Paul because he's always been going on uh, Fauci. But now they're talking about uh, the subcommittee and all of that, the chairman of representative or whatever. At the end of the day, they're doing all this after Fauci set up there all this time telling people to take the venom. For years. To take the venom. And then censoring and silencing people who spoke against him. Now they want to come against him. I find it all very interesting. Bullshit. Please pay attention to how people have been played, okay? And how many people fell from the propaganda and all of the yeah. well, let me so they go on to say, in a letter in September, committee chairman representative Brad Wickstrom claimed that Fauci had private meetings with officials from the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, to discuss the origins of Super 19. While appearing before Congress in 2021, Fauci responded to the claims by Paul that the National Institute of Health was funding gain of function research. Now, Senator Paul. Uh, says you do not know what you're, he told Senator Paul. You do not know what you're talking about, my friend. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you're talking about. Yeah, remember that. Remember that clip of him telling Rand Paul that mm. Rand Paul absolutely knew what he was talking about, and Fauci was absolutely lying as producer. Okay, he's always been lying as far as I'm concerned. He was Rat lying about AIDS and HIV. He's been lying for all since he's been working for all these presidents. And I believe he's worked for at least eight presidents. Yep, so been there for a while. 
And then he had that woman, Judy Nikovitz, uh, I think is her name, Michaelvitz. He had her arrested and took her work. Please, Manson. So this is all crazy as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, let's talk about the update. Oh, I'm sorry. One more story before we get to that update. I'm saying that for last. Now, Richard Paul Rodriguez took the life of Christy Lynn Romero, according to police. Let me put his picture up on the screen. And then, not only after he took his, not only did he take his girlfriend's life, but he put her body in the trunk days after she filed a protective order against him. You see, filing this paperwork never never works if someone really wants to do something to you. The best thing to do is don't get something to defend yourself with. Okay? Because the law is not going to do it. That's for sure. That's him right there. So here's what they say. Richard Paul Rodriguez faces a murder charge in the death of Christy Lynn Romero. Now, the Arizona man is accused of breaking into the mobile home trailer that he shared with his girlfriend, killing her and then driving her car across state lines to his parents' house in California, where authorities discovered her body in the trunk days after she filed a protection order against him. Richard Paul Rodriguez, age 34, faces a murder charge in the death of 54-year-old Christina Romero. Now, the case was uncovered on Monday morning. Hallbrook police responded to a reported missing person at a mobile home at 201 East Iowa Space, uh, number two in Hallbrook. Now, the door appeared to have been kicked in. Romero was not in the trailer, and her car was not outside. Police began searching for Rodriguez, who had been served in order of protection and was removed from the home on November 2nd. They said, we got called by the Navajo County Constable the district who helped serve in order of protection. I removed Richard from the residence if he was there. Uh, this is what Harvard Police Chief Nathan Christensen says. Now they say authorities learned he had been staying or had been staying at a local mission uh, to house the homeless. But on Monday, a staff was told, staff was or told the police that he hadn't been there for several days. Police released a nationwide attempt to locate bulletin for Romero Rodriguez, uh, for Romero Rodriguez and her vehicle. A cell phone location data tracked him along Interstate 10 heading to California. Now, gas station surveillance video showed Rodriguez in the victim's car. Rodriguez eventually showed up at his parents' home in Huntington Beach. Now, his father reportedly called 911 on Monday when his son told him not to open the trunk. Officers responded, uh, something saying that, officers responded, they said that something led them to check the vehicle. And that's where the body was discovered. This is what Jessica Chilla from the Huntington Beach Police Department says. Something led them? Well, I mean, it just seems to me like they knew to check the trunk when the father called 911 saying that. He was told to stay out of the truck. But I digress. And they say she was a loving and caring woman. Her grandkids and children loved her. And we will never be the same. He took the heart of our family. This is what her family says. Uh, saying that they are very crushed. Christensen said Rodriguez, who's in custody in California, could also face additional charges, including kidnapping, burglary, aggravated assault, and vehicle theft. 
Now, authorities say that they were working with the Huntington Beach Police Department and notified the FBI of the active case. Certainly low down in clearing the fairness. As I said, let me see what you're all are saying. <coughs> okay, so how many of you have been following the trial of the three officers uh, for the death of Manny Ellis? For the death of Manny Ellis. You all remember our report on this story when it first happened. Now, Manny Ellis died. He was killed by the police like three months prior to George Floyd. Now, his story sadly didn't get as much, uh, as much coverage. Okay, and but now here's the ironic thing: these police who took this man's life, their attorneys want the courts to dismiss all of the charges. Uh, please make it all make sense. I'm going to share my screen so you all can get the latest update on this. I find it also crazy, and I have like several videos compiled together: one with the family and their attorney speaking, and then also. You'll see inside the courtroom what the judge had to say, and there was an expert witness who also testified. Closing arguments delivered two very different takes on what really killed Manny Ellis in Tacoma as the trial of three police officers blamed for his death in 2020 finally gets underway. Tacoma police officers Matthew Collins and Christopher Burray are charged with second <coughs> officer Timothy Wright is charged with manslaughter. Reporter AJ Janibal is at the courthouse where tensions rang high all day long. AJ. The back courtroom. People needed tickets to get inside. In that courtroom were folks in support of Ellis, as well as those three officers. At points throughout the day, things got emotional. I heard people awkwardly responding to some of the evidence presented, as well, some even leaving the courtroom. The state says their case focuses on three major areas. Witness testimony, all four of witnesses will tell you. Throughout all the that Mr. Ellis never fought back, never struck at the officers, and that it was the officers who were attacking him. Video and audio from an actual incident to doorbell camera captures Mr. Ellis saying, Can't breathe, sir, can't breathe. And response one of the two officers, Collins and Burbank, says, Shut the f up, man. And on medical expert testimony that take a black person's life or there's always some black person that's victimized why do they always love to go and bring up their past right talk about what he did when he was on drugs going down the street and all that stuff they don't have anything to do with this that has absolutely nothing to do with the cops killing him on that day that they did it but they love to use that to victimize the victim and make them out to be the villain one thing has nothing to do with the other so anyway, they're going to say that Ellis purchased a box of donuts and some water at a convenience store. And this was about 11.21 p.m. on a Tuesday night. And then walked across the street where he then encountered Burbank and Collins sitting in a patrol car. Now this is all according to the probable cause statement filed by the Washington Attorney General's office. They say Burbank and Collins said that Ellis tried to get into a stranger's car and then attacked the officers when they confronted him. But witnesses say that the officers jumped out of their car as Ellis walked by and knocked him to the ground. That's what the witnesses said. They said the police opened their door to knock him down. Okay.
witnesses recorded the encounter with their cell phones as they screamed for the officers to stop. A video taken by a woman sitting in a car behind the officers shows Burbank wrapping his arms around Ellis, lifting him up into the air and slamming him to the pavement, striking him with his fist in the process. I want to pay attention to that because they flipped the script. They said that Ellis had superhuman strength. And they also said that he picked up a cop that was like 240 pounds <coughs> to prove him to the side. That's what they said. Now, Collins then moves in toward Ellis and brings his weight down onto him, according to documents. With Ellis underneath him, Collins begins striking Ellis's head with his fist. Meanwhile, Burbank draws his taser gun and walks close in towards Ellis. Collins can be seen on SM's video striking Ellis's head at least four <coughs> times, screaming after, with Ellis screaming after each strike. Collins wrapped his arm around Ellis's neck while squeezing, and his head fell limply to the sidewalk, choked him out. Now the officer also pressed on Ellis's back while pushing his face into the ground. And they also told him, by the way, when he said that he couldn't breathe, they told him to shut the F up for one. But then they also told him that if you're, if you're talking to me, you can breathe. A doorbell security camera across the street picked up Ellis saying, can't breathe, sir. Can't breathe. And one of the officers responded saying, shut the F up, man. Now, the officers then wrapped a hobble restraint device around Ellis's legs and linked it to his handcuffs. And so he was hogtied. I just want you to pay attention. Because when someone's hogtied, that makes it hard for them to breathe normally as well. Okay? And they had him in the hogtie position while he remained in the prone position. They also pulled a spit cover or spit hood over his head. So, I mean, this is all crazy. You have someone hogtied and you put a hood over their head. You don't know if that's going to suffocate them. But let me continue. Uh, after the hobble was applied, he stopped moving. I'm sure he did. All three witnesses said Ellis was not fighting back during the entire struggle. Never raised a hand. And I want you to pay attention. He said, sir, I can't breathe, sir. Shut the F up, man. I want y'all to pay attention to that. I can't breathe, sir. Shut the F up, man. That's how they were talking to me. Okay? He was targeted, clearly. Walking home with donuts, and they get... You know, open the car door and jump out and knock him over and then proceed to do all of this. It wasn't even colorful. And then they lied. According to witnesses, they absolutely lied about all of it. Okay, saying that he attacked them. Now, the Ellis family released a statement through their lawyer um, on that Monday saying that they hope the start of the trial will help mark a turning point in the history of our country in favor of truth and justice. We believe that Manny was tortured to death. And before his body had even turned cold, the Tacoma police began their campaign to slander his name, to slander the victim, and obstruct justice. Okay, this is what was uh, reported. They say, we reject the shameful efforts to demonize our loved one and to try to make him seem like he was some kind of monster. Brett, Brett Pertzer, a lawyer representing Burbank, said that it was patiently false and absurd to say that Ellis was tortured. I'm sorry, what's his definition of torture? I have questions. Burbank is looking forward to going to trial where the truth will be told, he said. Well, nothing but lies have been told thus far on the police side. 
Messages sent seeking a comment from the attorney for Collins and Rankin were not immediately returned. The Pierce County Medical Examiner said the cause of death was hypoxia or a lack of oxygen, okay, due to physical restraint, and found the matter of death was homicide. Now, attorneys for the officers filed a report saying that Ellis was resisting and trying to get away, and so the officers needed to use force to get him into custody. Here's the thing. Why were they supposedly trying to restrain him in the first place? So we're supposed to think that he just came over and attacked him for no reason while he had donuts in his hands? Please make that make sense. This is how you know they're lying. You just got to pay attention to detail. The experts hired by the officers blamed his death on men. And, and heart problems. They called it an accident. Anyway, I'm not even going to go on. That's enough. But the family has found a role for them lawsuit, and I hope they win. Okay, they're asking for, uh, hold on, it goes on to say that Chris County <coughs> Council approved a $4 million settlement agreement in 2022. Now, the deal ended the county's involvement, but Monet Carter Nixon and mother Marcia Carter continue to pursue the wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Tacoma. Just low down and dirty. This is a very sad story. This is all so sad. Ali said, I know right, Queen, I have. At the end of the day, yeah, Sharon said the slave patrol is on the loose. As always, at the end of the day, like I said, they always want to demonize the victim and try to make them out to be such a nefarious person. This man had mental health issues, according to his family, and yes, he did have a problem with drugs. But that's no reason to think that he's, you know, deserving of execution in the street. That's no reason. And here's the thing. When they had him down on the ground and they had a spin hood over his head and he was all tied, why did they continue to beat him? I'm sorry, make that make sense. That's why the experts said that it was all unnecessary. You have someone restrained all time. They can't use their hands or their feet, their leg, can't use any of that. And then you put something over their face, over their entire head. How was this person being a threat to them? Well, he wasn't. So they killed him because that's what they chose to do. And that is absolutely murder. Now, whether or not they'll be convicted of it is a whole other story. But I'm sure they won't. I'm sure they won't. Probably an initiation orchestrated by the KKK system. You never know. Some of these cops absolutely perform blood sacrifices. Okay? This is just the truth. There is a whole cult, a satanic cult, that some of the police in the United States belong to, and it is called the Order of the Nine Angels. Just look it up for yourselves. Look it up for yourselves. Okay? Terry Hinton said, Queen, I can't take anymore. I can't eat. Paul Dad said, Premeditate, absolutely. Okay? This is all so crazy. Uh, but anyway, with that all being said, I'm going to conclude this broadcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in once again. Please like and share this video. You all know they have Queen Shadow Band. So please be sure to like and share. And as I said, for those of you following the spiritual channel, the video is already posted and it's supposed to pre premiere at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, so please tune in uh, to watch that. Now, I may post something else later. Okay, and don't forget tomorrow is Trivia Fridays. With that all being said, each one teach one. That's how we grow and thrive. Do something productive, constructive, but never destructive. 
And always remember, beloved, to keep the most high first in your lives. Good afternoon, Black family. Sadat here. Got the prepper here. Uh, his thumb shot talking about take shelter now. See who's talking about. A little bit of breaking news here for you guys. I just caught word that the explosion that took place at the chemical plant in Texas yesterday may have in fact been sabotage. At least it's being investigated that way. Now, some strange things did happen around that time. It was uh, We did see an earthquake, a very rare earthquake inside of Texas. Then we saw that plant, then we saw the shelter-in-place order. As the plumes from this plant just putting out massive amounts of reproductively harming chemicals, uh, you know, it had carcinogenic chemicals out here, this is definitely something we need to watch out for, and it's why you need to be prepared to evacuate your own area if something like this happens inside of your area of operation. Now, we also got a little bit of information from some of the people that we have that deliver it to us while they get it, at law enforcement agencies and while they get it at different non-governmental organizations. And what they're saying right now is that we can expect in the next 72 hours, either an event to take place or a warning to come out from whether it's the Pentagon or the CIA or the FBI or anybody across the US government, maybe even Biden himself, somebody coming out there and saying that we need to be on a heightened state of alert inside the USA for some sort of attack to take place. There are some really bad things that are going on behind the scenes. We're starting to see a division between the people based on uh, their backgrounds and what states they might come from or what regions they might be from. We are starting to see even more violent crime creep up over at people who are just going grocery shopping. They're walking out to the car, and while they're putting the groceries inside of the trunk, they're getting hit. They're getting tagged. They're getting everything stolen from them. This isn't just happening to old people. These are attacks of opportunity, and these predators are taking advantage of the current climate that we're in, and they are trying to uh, you know, make it so that they can at least get away with their crimes. This is happening because we're starting to see. I've got a mosquito here that's trying. You guys will probably see it sucking the blood out of my head, but haha, you're going to get some diseased blood because of whatever I've been fighting for the last couple of weeks. Maybe it'll just turn over and croak, but it's probably one of the new genetically modified mosquitoes, so it doesn't have to worry about that. I have to worry about what it'll give me. But yeah, we're definitely starting to see some craziness happen. This is, uh, you know, I, I'm half expecting, and I say this with a little bit of uh, you know, jo joviality, I'm half expecting for us to see marauders in the streets in the USA. I am definitely expecting that we're going to see uh, unrest in the USA, in the streets. Major cities are going to see this. I also know that what we're going to start to experience on a personal level is going to start to shock a lot of families. People just can't, uh, you know, they used to be able to just forget about it, not even think about all the bad things that were happening because those TV shows were just so damn good or the, uh, you know, the food that they were able to get for cheap. I watched a family of four go to McDonald's on a, uh, a video. They got massive amounts of food. They were like, oh, just everybody get what you want. They walked away with like $10.08 worth of food. And it was just buckets and buckets of food. Right now, that's the cost of basically a Big Mac. It's just a ridiculous state of the world that we're in. Now, we are talking to some economists. And so what I like to do is give a blended 
bit of information here on this channel. And so whether that's about the economy, whether that's about violent crime, whether that's about, uh, you know, the wars that are happening all across our world, whether that's the things that you need to watch out for as a person, as an individual. And I've got a little bit of info on the economy too, and that's that we are expected to be in the trudges, in the actual depths of this for the next three years. So we're talking 2024, 2025, and 2026, all of it from start to finish. Now that means we're going to see a lot of worsening conditions. A lot of people are going to get their houses foreclosed. We're already starting to see that creep up with some 30% foreclosure increases in counties across the USA. We already know that affordability in 80% of the counties in our entire country, houses are not affordable to people working two jobs, a couple working two jobs. This isn't a sustainable model. Now, why haven't they done something to come out and say, we're going to help you? Well, I know why, because they don't care. They care very little about you, and they just hope that you will keep trudging on as a cog in their machine. There comes a time when that cog is going to break, something's going to fail, a part of the machine's going to fail, and because they've fired all the repairmen, this is going to be an end-all, be-all collapse. So what are you going to do? As an individual, if those marauders start moving in the streets, or if the unrest starts happening, or you know, if we do start to see some really catastrophic things take place in the USA, what's your plan? Are you going to hunker down? Now, for me, my plan is not to stay where I'm at right now. Uh, this is semi-sustainable, you know, short-duration emergency, and that's how I have to look at it. We're here helping family. We grew up in this area, and it's no problem. I know the area. I know. Well, guys, I used to run these streets. I used to know exactly where to go, what to do, how to get away, where uh, you know, uh, where to find things. I know who's got the orange trees because as a kid growing up, you could just, you know, nope, in the 80s, they're like, sure, you want some oranges, Sonny? Go ahead and take them. Now they're going to shoot you because you try to take an orange off of their tree or a clementine. And so I know these streets and I know that it's sustainable as a short duration emergency place to stay. But Medium duration, long duration, I know I've got to get the hell out of here. And so that's what we look for is those trigger events. What's it going to be? Now, like that, uh, maybe sabotage, maybe uh, maybe attack that took place at the chemical plant in Texas yesterday. Well, that's a short duration emergency. We hope anyways. I mean, that, the lasting effects are going to be there a long time. The people in the local area, I mean, they might never have kids again. Their kids might come out with, you know, uh, fingers on their foreheads. You just don't even know because of what they're creating there. But for the rest of the country, the rest of the county, even the rest of the world, it doesn't really matter. It's a very short emergency. The triggers that send us into that next stage, that medium duration emergency, those are the things that are really going to set us apart. And so what is that for me? Well, we're watching these things unfold, aren't we? Three years of economic crisis. That is a long duration emergency. And that means that if those hiccups happen, because you lose a job, that's a hiccup. You have a health crisis, that's a hiccup. Guys, this cold that has kept me under for like two weeks, that's a, that's a hiccup. And it's not just me, I'm reading the comments and comment after comments like, Brad, we're sick, we're sick, we're sick, we're sick, we're sick. Everybody, the doctor that Kelly went to, he's like, everybody that comes in, he's like, this guy's wearing uh, like his full PPE gear. And, you know, he's, he's looking like this is some sort of contaminant. Everybody's having a hard time because of either the stress that we are under because of this economic and geopolitical crisis 
or because something is happening out there. I don't want to get too deep into the conspiratorial side of things, but, but guys, Biolab in the USA, Chinese Biolab, what were they making there? Well, they were screwing around with some herpes, a little bit of that, the HIV, the HIV, the little bit of the HIV. Uh, they were making around some, uh, you know, some, some COVIDs. They were doing a little influenza. They were stirring that witch's pot up. Chinese bio labs operating inside the USA. And then suddenly, all these people start getting to the point where their bodies can't handle what's going on. Could just be the stress. Don't get me wrong. The stress of what's happening. This, is, this happened during each world war. People just got sicker. Uh, you know, cancer increased, uh, people had, uh, you know, diseases that were increasing, even things that you wouldn't think had a hand-in-hand uh, -hand effect, like uh, rheumatoid arthritis, those things went up. But Chinese biolabs here in the USA. Now, we know we found one, so where there's one, how many more do you think there were? Some of the studies say that we have 50,000 illegals inside of our country that crossed over from uh, coming from China. What about the Russians? You think Russia is okay with the fact that they came out in the public with all of the U.S. government's, uh, you know, dossier on everything, and they said, "Look, the U.S. government, look, just guys, just look, they're making <coughs> weapons of chemical and biological effect. This is this is Russia. The Russians like, look, they're making them. Their plan is to distribute them along migratory lines using birds." all across Europe, and then they are going to produce a cure that they only give to their buddies. You think Russia is cool with that? No. Russia is a pissed off mofo, okay? This is already FUBAR. So FUBAR means, you know, freaked up beyond recognition. Like, uh, you know, if you've got a bicycle, right? Well, if somebody throws your bicycle through one of those wrecking machines that just like tears things apart, that bicycle has been foobarred. It's effed up beyond all recognition. It's just crumbs and dust and rust and metal. That is our reality right now. What are you doing to get ready? I know that things are bad. We do catch these little glimpses of reality that say they're about to get worse. Guys, I'm just, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm begging you, really. Do whatever you can. Grocery store. I don't care. Go to the grocery store and get some rice. Go to the dollar store and get some tape. Uh, get your kids some new shoes. If you like a shirt, buy two. Uh, get soap. Get some, uh, get some extra shampoo. Uh, make baking soda so that you can make your own deodorant. You can make your own, uh, you know, toothpaste. You can make your own. Uh, baking soda has a great effect on drying out things like cysts and things like that. Has a lot of medicinal properties. You just have to do it because if you don't, you're screwed. Good luck, everyone.